guys, I'm Ange. And I'm Jay. And welcome back to WTF True Crime and Other Shit. So we don't have a lot really to talk about today. And this is a shorter episode, so there's So that. this is going to be a real quick listen. Yeah, it's going to be like, I, I called it a mini-sode the other day and Jay laughed at oh, me. freaking mini-sode. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it does, though. It's a mini-episode. It's a mini-sode. No, I don't like that no, short okay. form. Okay, it's mini-sode. Mash-up. <laughs> Mash-up. Um, I don't think we have anything new. We're really boring this week. Um, did anything cool happen? No, but it's my birthday coming up. Oh, it is. Yeah, but don't tell anybody the date. Cause November twenty third. You're gonna steal your ID. <laughs> How? And then I'll be doing the podcast with not you. It'll be someone else. Oh my god. Okay, everybody knows that my birthday is November twenty third. It's not a big secret. It's not a secret. Oh jeez. It's November twenty third on Thursday. American Thanksgiving for any Americans that are listening. Yeah. I share it with you guys every couple years. Well, I don't, if you get hacked, it's not my fault. I'm not gonna get hacked. They know my birthday. That's it. Yeah, they know everything else you talked about before too, where your kids and where you live. I just I don't talk about where I live. Favorite color and I don't I didn't say that either. Well, you might have. (laughs) Well, didn't anyway. (laughs) Anyway, we don't really have anything else to talk about. No, except for my whole life story. Apparently, I was just wasting time. All right, so enough wasting time. Let's just jump right in. All right, let's dive in. (laughs) Okay. Head first. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, Scott Amador was born on January 26, 1963, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He had a very normal upbringing. His dad, Frank, was a truck driver, and his mother, Patricia, was a stay-at-home mom. When Scott was little, the family moved to Michigan, with his parents divorcing shortly thereafter. Scott dropped out of high school at 17 to join the Army. After three years of service, he was honorably discharged. After the Army, he began working in telecommunications, which he did for years, before ultimately choosing to bartend. He was a social butterfly and thrived in this profession. Scott was an openly gay man who was a great friend to everyone, but especially those in the gay community. He would offer up his home to friends who, was, who were suffering from HIV after their parents disowned them. That's nice, eh? Yeah. Um, we didn't even t- talk about like what this episode's about. We did not. We it's... just started talking. Yep, and everyone's were... like, what are they fucking talking about? Well, they'll find out. Well, they just have to listen. I guess, and I guess they can read the title of the podcast. They can read the too. title, yeah. And they'll know. Yeah. For anybody that didn't read the title, it's called The Jenny Jones Murder. So there you go. Yeah, Jenny Jones, man. <laughs> I used to watch that crap. Yeah. Anyway, because this was the 90s, trashy daytime talk shows were all the rage. When Scott saw The Jenny Jones Show asking for people to reveal their secret crushes on air, he decided to write into the show to confess his secret crush. He was selected to tape an episode of the show. He didn't know at the time that this would set the wheels in motion for his life to end in tragedy. Why did you, why did you say it like that? Because it's, oh my God. It's, he yeah. didn't even know. This little phone it's call ominous. led to his demise. Yeah, I know. It's really sad, actually. That's fucked up, man. <laughs> Once Scott was selected to appear on the show, his secret crush, Jonathan Schmitz, was then contacted by producers. He was told that someone had a crush on him and he would like to reveal it to him on the show. He was also told at the time that the crush would only be revealed on air if he chose to participate. Producers claim that Jonathan was told that his crush could be a man or a woman, but Jonathan remains, uh, sorry, Jonathan maintains that he was never told this, so he assumed the secret crush would be a female. As I think most people would. Well, yeah, I mean, especially back in the 90s, man. It was, yeah. The homosexual scene wasn't very well. well People were less free to be themselves. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. No one would go on a TV to do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So on March 6, 1995, Scott, who was 32 at the time, flew to Chicago to tape the Jenny Jones Show episode. The segment starts with Scott and his and Jonathan's mutual friend, Donna Riley, on stage. 
Jenny Jones asks Scott to describe his fantasies involving Jonathan. He doesn't go into a whole lot of detail, but he mentions a hammock, strawberries, and whipped cream. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> well, I mean, he was. I know. That's what I said. <laughs> so he talks a little bit more about Jonathan until finally Jonathan's brought out. Jonathan sees both Donna and Scott sitting there. He gives them both a hug and then takes a seat. Jenny then asks if Jonathan thinks Donna is the one that has a crush on him. Jonathan replies, quote, did I? No, we're good friends, unquote. Then Jenny tells him that it's actually Scott that has the crush on him. Jonathan is visibly uncomfortable, but is smiling and laughing awkwardly. He says, you lied to me. He then proceeds to clap and smile, but the rest of the segment is extremely awkward. Jenny then plays back the clip of Scott talking about his fantasies involving Jonathan. Jonathan then makes it very clear that he is a heterosexual and not interested. I never saw this episode, but, like, that's kind of a shitty thing to do to someone. That's like. because they actually never ended up airing this episode. Oh, really? They never aired it. No? Because of what happens next. Oh. But it's out now, so I have seen the clip, and I will be posting the link to it in the show notes. Then I will also click on that link and <laughs> review it myself. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. So, allegedly, the night of the taping, Jonathan, Donna, and Scott all go out drinking. So I guess Jonathan wasn't too upset at no. Scott. So they yeah. all went out drinking. So Jonathan calls his dad and tells him that things didn't work out that well and that his admirer was a man. Jonathan's father was extremely homophobic and began making homophobic, co homophobic comments <laughs> during this call. He admitted afterwards that he was humiliated that Scott had a crush on Jonathan because he didn't want people to think that his son was gay. Well, like, I, that's the old school thinking, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God, he has a crush I on you. Are you like, gay, too? That's not, you're going to make him gay by having a crush on him. Yeah, I know. Uh, no. I know. It's so stupid. After the show, Scott, Jonathan, and Donna all returned to Michigan on the same flight. Three days after the taping, Jonathan found a sexually suggestive note at his house. Some sources say it was in his mailbox, while others claim that it was taped to his door. Regardless, it wasn't signed, but Jonathan was pretty sure that Scott had been the one to leave it. I think it's a pretty fair assumption. Yeah, probably. Yeah. After reading this note, Jonathan went to the bank, withdrew some cash, and purchased a shotgun and some ammunition. He then drove to Scott's house. Once there, he knocked on Scott's door and asked him if he wrote the note. Scott admitted that he did. Jonathan told him that he needed to turn off his car and that he'd be right back. Jonathan then retrieved the gun and the ammunition from the car, loaded the gun, and returned to Scott's apartment. So I guess he was just, like, checking. Did you write this? Yeah. Oh, you did? Okay, That's cool. It. I'm going to, to get my gun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he then shot Scott twice in the chest, killing him almost instantly. Jonathan then drove to a nearby gas station where he called 911 and confessed to the murder. During the 911 call, Jonathan is asked why he killed Scott. He replied, quote, because he played a very fucking bad thing on me. He took me on Jenny Jones. Unquote. Yeah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. At the crime scene, a chair was found overturned, which suggests that Scott had attempted to defend himself. Jonathan was originally charged with first-degree murder, but during the trial, the jury was allowed to, to consider second-degree murder. So first-degree is, like, premeditated, right? Yeah. Uh, to me, I think that's pretty fucking premeditated. He drove to the bank, got the money out, went to buy the gun, and then drove to Scott's house. How the fuck is that oh, not premeditated? What is second-degree murder? Isn't know. that where it's like you're like a crime of passion kind of thing? I think so. So maybe yeah, I think that so. kind of it's yeah, kind but of half he, and half though. But he went to buy the gun on before he went over there. Yeah, but I mean, like he wanted to kill him because he was, felt distressed, right? So that probably had something to do with it. Where premeditated murder is like, yeah, I don't care. I'm just gonna kill this guy. He's dead. 
cool. Yeah, I guess so. And this one's like, oh man, if he's fucking with me, I'm gonna fuck. I don't know what like dad's gonna be on me. I'm yeah, gonna like, I'm, like, I'm gonna go check and see if he wrote this note, and then I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. Yeah, but... so it's kind of like an emotional state yeah. that he was in. It wasn't just like I'm killing people. <laughs> yeah, I, okay, I guess so. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Jonathan's defense didn't deny that he pulled the trigger, but they argued that he had a long history of psychiatric and medical issues. That caused decreased capacity. I hate that excuse. It's dumb. <gasps> I know. Bullshit. We all have fucking stress. I know. I know. So he had been previously diagnosed with bipolar and Graves' disease. Um, but this was crazy. They also used a thing called gay panic as a defense. Oh, my God. And it's actually a legal defense that states that an individual committed a violent crime due to temporary insanity related to unwanted sexual advances by someone of the same sex. See, that's what I mean by it was like kind of like emotional distress for him, but yeah, I guess gay so. panic? Give me a break. That's an actual... Oh, my God. He like He's gay and he likes me. Like, oh, no. Like, yeah, it doesn't like, matter. Okay, like, cool. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. So this defense is banned in some states, but it's still allowed in Michigan. Cool, Michigan. Yeah. Fix your shit. <laughs> yeah. That's dumb. Yep, yeah, I agree. So in 1996, Jonathan was convicted of second-degree murder. That conviction was appealed and overturned due to jury selection error. I couldn't really figure out what exactly the error was, hmm. but... So they did a retrial in 1999, and it ended with the same outcome. Jonathan was found guilty of second-degree murder again. He was sentenced to 25 to 50 years in prison. That's a hefty sentence. Yeah, that's quite a bit. That's more than a life sentence here in Canada, because Canada's only 20 years, isn't it? Yeah, 20 yeah. yeah so. Jurors okay. felt sorry for Jonathan and felt that he was a good man that was put in a bad situation. Like no. Panic. Yeah, like, no, he wasn't put in a bad situation. <laughs> without yeah, he could have just ignored it. He could have just said, hey, dude, leave me the fuck alone. Exactly. Like, like, someone had a crush on you. That's not putting that's being true. Like, a bad That's true. No one forced him to go kill him. Exactly. It's just so go stupid. punch him in the face. Say, fucking leave me alone. I'm yeah. not gay. I guess it's because it was on TV and he didn't want to yeah. get out on TV. But I guess whatever. So. It's fucking stupid. Both the Amateur and Schmitz families felt that the entertainment industry and the Jenny Jones show in particular were to blame. The Amateur family sued the Jenny Jones show. They were initially awarded $25 million in the lawsuit, but that was eventually overturned and the Amateur family ended up receiving nothing. Yeah. The trial um, was actually televised too and Jenny Jones took the stand and everything. So. Yeah. I mean, they had to think that it would have caused some kind of embarrassment for the guy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's show business, I guess. You yeah, want to be but on it, TV. it was Scott's family that sued them. So, like, the the family of the man that was murdered yeah. sued them. So, I guess they were thinking, like, if they, he hadn't gone on TV, then yeah, he wouldn't see, have been Yeah, if, if it was the other guy that sued them, he might have been able to get something. Maybe, Because but he was put into that distressful situation he, by the show. He like, probably could have if he hadn't murdered somebody. But, like, it wasn't even fucking aired, though. No, because he murdered somebody. That's oh, why it wasn't aired. So it was going to be they, aired. Yeah, it was going to be aired, but they pulled it after the murder. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Why would they? Yeah, that's dumb. Exactly. Dumb. <laughs> Jonathan was released from prison in 2017 after serving 22 years. He was let out on good behavior. He was 47 years at the time of his release. Scott's brother, Frank Amadir Jr., stated that, quote, I wanted assurance that the decision was not based on just good behavior in prison. I'd like to know that he learned something, that he's a changed man, is no longer homophobic, and gotten psychological care, unquote. It's good, bro. Yeah, good I know. Man. There's actually a documentary on Netflix about this, too. 
um, which I watched a while ago, um, but it's something like uh, a trial by media or something like that. And the first episode is all about this case. Hmm. And they basically inter- interview um, Frank a lot and talk to him about it. But yep. Upon Jonathan's release from prison, he was put under parole restrictions, including not being able to leave the state of Michigan. When he was released, he moved back in with his parents, but it's unclear if that's where he's living now as he's managed to keep a low profile since being released. That means you can find no information on him. That's <laughs> I, what that means. I found two pictures of him out and about doing errands, like, five days after he was released, and that's it. <laughs> well, yeah, because I guess, like, what's the point of keeping that story going? Don't give that yeah. guy no recognition. Exactly, like, okay, okay, like, he's, he gets to live his life now. He might go into fucking gay panic again and kill somebody else. <laughs> yeah, and that's what... Um, Scott's brother Frank said too he's like he's only 47 when he was released he still has a lot of life ahead of him yeah. like 47 isn't old yeah and the other guy's dead exactly so, just cause he cool. liked you. yeah he that's had a crush nice. on you so you killed him and then you get, still get to live a, a life after yeah. you get out of prison that's, I hate that I know that's so shitty I know you know what else is shitty? This fucking podcast is only 12 <laughs> minutes or something, man. Yeah, it's it's a very short one. So, guys, I guess you can just throw us on the lunch break and still have time to eat your lunch <laughs> and you get back to work without a worry. There you go. It's a mini little snack size. Is this, so, it's a, a snack zone. snack zone. <laughs> there you go. It's a snack zone. We're, we're trademarking that snack zone. Snack zone. <laughs> so, yeah, if you guys want to get a hold of us, Email us, wtftruecrimepod at gmail.com. We did receive a couple of emails this week, so thank you. Um, it was mostly just talking about older episodes, so we're not really just going to... We're not really going to mention them too much, just because they were older and they yeah. were getting caught up. Except, what's, what's her name? Kristen. Kristen sided with you, which sucks, because it's, it's Halloween. No, it's Halloween. Thank you, Kristen. No. <laughs> I need more people on my side. Where it's, are you guys? No, it's Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you can email us. You can also get a hold of us through Instagram at WTF True Crime Pod. Our Facebook page is WTF True Crime Podcast. And I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but I usually do. Um, like if you're listening on Spotify, we usually have a poll or a question or something on each of the episodes, so you can answer that. Yeah. Um, and come on over and uh, participate <laughs> in our questions. Yeah, because I just think it's fun to see what you guys think. Yeah, me too. I also think it was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright, so we'll see you guys next week. Hopefully we have a bit of a longer episode. Yeah, I'll do a better job and give you guys a correct episode length. Oh, okay, so the reason why this one is so short is because I saw this one and I was like, oh, I remember that case. I want to do it. And I was doing the research. I'm like, cool. There's really nothing. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. he confessed and there was like there was nothing about the trial. It's pretty so... straightforward, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, I shot him. Okay, no, cool, on the fence. So. It could have been suicide. <laughs> It was definitely not suicide. <laughs> Do you know what you're doing for next week? No, I have no clue. Oh. Okay, but it's going to be longer, apparently. So. Oh, yeah. Don't okay. worry about that. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, bye, guys. Bye.